Last time on You Meet in the Tavern. Welcome to the Arcane Tower. Our primary focus is to train new promising magic users in the art of the arcane. Our secondary focus is to learn and research the new and exciting magical happenings of the world. We really should go talk to the Archmage. Yeah, let's do that. Our village right. is yep. destroyed. Yep. This yep. food court is overpriced. Like, <laughs> this is ludicrous. Please sit. Tess has told me all that has happened. I don't know how, but Felix has found a way to open the chasm and summon the Dread King. What is our next step from here to help you make a difference? The seven priests of Pelor have been dead for a long time, but I believe that the more information we can find about them, the closer we will be to defeating this beast. Continuing the adventure. Let's do it. All right. So here we go. So as you sleep in the night, Carl, uh, you actually have a dream. And here's what you see. You basically see this. Everything is black, just pure pitch black darkness. Um, And come fading into view uh, is Felix. And you see his dark blue robes. Um, and his face is masked by the hood that's down over top of his head, Um, and he's clutching his staff, and you get a good look at the staff this time. Um, It's like this long, thick branch of twisted wood that reaches its tendrils up and around a glass globe, Um, and inside the glass globe is like swirling purple smoke and energy, and the scene then zooms into his uh, drooped head and the hood um, and it jerks up suddenly but behind the hood you see Jill's face and her big green eyes are full of fog um, and the, the scene zooms in further uh, through this fog and you see basically a mass of moaning bodies um, and their arms are flailing around they're kind of grabbing and reaching over one another trying to escape this fog Um, and you see a bunch of people, and they're people you recognize. You see your mother, uh, you see the the main bartender that looked over Tug at the Leaky Toad, you see uh, old man Jenkins, the town uh, homeless guy, Um, you see all sorts of different people that you've kind of known throughout your childhood. Um, and they're just moaning and the moaning is getting louder and louder and the, the fog is growing thicker and thicker and thicker. Um, and then everything stops. And into this silent blackness fades another figure um, with its hood down. But this one is nothing like before. Uh, this one's pretty short and it wears a brown robe Um, and you immediately recognize this golden belt with the symbol of the sun on the buckle and the figure slowly comes into view 
and it zooms forward um, to this figure's head and he removes his hood and you see a somber looking bald dwarf with long tails of brown beard and bright blue eyes. Uh, the scene pans out and the dwarf is now standing alone in the middle of this large industrial city. Uh, you see steam billowing from several buildings around. You see people and machines kind of working harmoniously together in the city streets. Uh, the, vision, the vision flashes again and you now see a large stone archway. Uh, atop sits a dwarven head where underneath there are two crossing pickaxes, all of stone. Uh, you start to, in the background here, this really loud rumble, like stone crumbling, and, and you're shaken awake. Uh, and your palms are actually searing with pain. And you look down into your palms, and you see a single black vertical line that's been uh, burned kind of into the the center of your of your hand. Do I recognize the city that he was standing in? No, no, it doesn't look familiar to you at all. Um, and you kind of like gasp, um, and this awakens Durf and Tug as well. I want to relay the contents of my dream to them, obviously, and then maybe try and see if they want to consult the Archmage. Okay, so um, you tell them all about your dream, uh, and you show them your hand, and they actually look down at their hands. Um, they're not in pain, but they actually see the same mark, this vertical, thin vertical line um, right in the center of their palm that's kind of been burned there. But yours is the only one that hurt. So then you also, mm. so what else do you want? Just go ahead and tell them what you want to tell them. But, but we'll think, just, instead of rehashing the whole dream, why don't you just say what you want them to do? Uh, guys, I just had this dream. I think we should go talk to the Archmage about it, show him our hands, and be like, hey, do you know anything about this? What can you do? Can you help us? Should we grab some beers first? <laughs> um, not opposed to that. Um, maybe we can drink and ride those chairs again. Yeah, that's okay. what I want to do. All right. So before you go up to tell the Archmage of this horrible, <laughs> horrible dream you just had, um, you guys travel up to the lobby and uh, you see Flynn. And Flynn's like, what? What? What do you guys need? Some beers. Beers? You can find that in the food court on seven, on six. Just kidding. Can we six. ride the chairs to seven? Ah, okay, sure. And he claps his hands. And the chairs come flying in, and you take a seat, and you go flying out into six, where you spend all the rest of your gold pieces that you had on beers at the brewery. Great. Well, I didn't have any, so... Oh, you so you didn't drink at all. <laughs> Carl, Carl's DDing. <laughs> Carl's driving the chairs. I have some... Uh... Uh, fucking Sylvan Imperial Stout. <laughs> All right, sweet. So Tess actually, Tess finds you in uh, the brewery and she says, Flint, Flint said you guys might be here. Uh, what's going on? I had a uh, drink. Yeah. And uh, I've got this weird mark on my hand now. Yeah. And I'd, I'd really love to know what it means because it, it hurt really bad. And these guys both have the same mark. 
Uh, so here, sit down, let me tell you about my dream, and maybe you can direct us where to go next. All right, so you tell her all about it, and um, her eyes just go wide with all, all the, the things that you're telling her. And she says, we, we need to see the Archmage right away. Um, and she leads you guys out and turns the nearby portal gold again, and you guys travel through, um, and now you're in the Archmage's quarters. Um, and I assume you guys walk up these steps and find him and tell him everything that happened. Um, and the Archmage says, I know this place that you describe, this industrial city. In the valley of the vague mountains lies the old city of Hammer's Reach. This place was founded by dwarves many, many years ago. It is an advanced mining city built near the opening of the Veg's rich mines. Carl, I do not believe your dream is just a simple coincidence. Dreams often reveal to us the mysteries of our souls, the hidden secrets of our present, and the telling of things to come. The path is clear. You must go to Hammer's Reach and search for any information that may lead us to learn more about this first dwarven priest. How are we going to get there? And um, he says, we can, he says, we, we can send you there. Tess, Tess, do you have more pocket portals? And Tess says, yeah, yeah, I've got a whole bag of them. And she walks up to you and she hands you uh, the leather bag that she had before. Um, and she says, these are, these are pocket portals, okay? Um, what you want to do is there's these, these little black spheres. And when you cast them on the ground, a, a portal will open up from anywhere and, and send you back to the arcane tower. Uh, we can open a portal to Hammer's Reach, but the only way to return back here is is to use one of these pocket portals. Okay. So should we go to Hammer's Reach, squad? Yeah. 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 Let's roll out. Let's Drop it like it's hot. Let's roll. <laughs> All right. So the Archmage points at uh, the portal, which is kind of like a doorway that's behind him. And he points there, and um, it turns gold, and... Uh, you you walk through the portal and um, and it opens up into an alleyway um, inside uh, a city and the city is actually a lot quieter than Carl remembers from his dream um, as you walk through the alleyways the streets are spotted with dirt and grime uh, from the dream you remember it being pretty clean and pretty active lots of people a lot of lots of machines. Um, a lot of buildings that were kind of like churning with, uh, with activity, um, but this is much different. Streets are covered with dirt and grime. You see broken machinery kind of scattered about, old storefronts that have been covered in, in wooden planks and broken windows, um, and you see very few people around. You see humans and, and dwarves alike. Uh, you see a couple children kind of huddled around, um, look like they're panhandling. So not at all the city that you expected to see based off um, your dream. I think we should head to the local tavern. Grab a couple beers. See what information we can Ask find. some questions. <laughs> <laughs> couple beers, couple questions, call it a day. All right. Okay, so you walk hold, around. Hold on. A quick outside of character question. Sure. Out of the three of us, who has the most charisma? Besides, obviously, me in real life, but in the game. <laughs> I have 11. Outside of real life. Two? Fifteen. Oh, Jesus. Okay, that's your bonus. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Fifteen. Okay. 
rolling around with sloth from the Goonies. Right. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, uh, me and uh, Carl with a K are both okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. So just, you, just making sure who needs to instigate conversations right, and right. who else and who is derp essentially. Is what we <laughs> I, think I, I, I think I have some kind of. Let me look at my uh, race. I think I have some kind of. Yeah, my charisma score increases by two. So actually, hang on. I forgot to put that in my character sheet. Oh snap! Yeah, but I read that. You're still the ugliest. We're moving forward. Okay. To so, the right. so you guys check out the city a little more. Um, well, I actually have thirteen. 13. Okay, cool. And you, so you walk in and out of alleyways, walk down streets. People are still kind of ironing you with curiosity. Um, and you eventually come to this building that's got a little bit more activity. Um, and there's a big sign on the front door that says uh, the Whetstone Inn. Um, so you, you walk in this inn and it's it's bustling with, with activity. Uh, you see it full of people, mostly dwarves that look like they kind of just got off work. Um, a lot of them are, are wearing kind of like dirty clothes. Um, they, they look like miners. So clearly they, they've just left the mines. Um, and at the far end of the bar, uh, and this is pretty dusty old bar. Like it's, it's got like a stale smell. Um, a couple of people turn to look at you, but other than that, uh, you're not really paid attention too much. Um, on the far end of the bar, you see a dwarf that's kind of running around serving people that, that are walking up to it. Um, he has these, these big long, uh, red braids that are coming off of his uh, mustache, kind of like drooping down from his mustache. And then a big full red beard that kind of goes across. He wears normal bar keep attire, uh, like a white shirt with this black vest and khaki pants, boots, that kind of thing. Uh, well, I'm going to order a beer perhaps even three for the my two compatriots. And I'm going to let Carl with a K, uh, since his charisma is pretty decent, I'm going to allow him to uh, ask some, uh, we'll say quest-related questions. Tug, we don't have any money. Yeah, but they don't know that right now. So can we just, can we be a team, please? We have a burglar in our midst. Yep. I have a uh, proficiency in sleight of hand, too. Okay. I'll steal us some. Uh, I'll steal us a few bottles of beer. Somebody Perfect. distract the barkeep. Yeah, um, that's what we're doing literally right now. Okay, while they're distracted. Okay. I nick three beers you from nick- behind the counter. No, we ordered the beers. We need you to steal money so we can pay for them. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So let me do a perception check. What burglar check on, steals uh, beer? <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'll do a perception check on the crowd and see if anybody looks like a good mark for okay. picking a pocket. Sure. Uh, roll a d20 and add your perception modifier. Uh, 19. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, you you scan the room uh, real quick, and you notice that there are four especially drunk dwarves um, at a table nearby, and one is kind of standing up on one of the one of the benches, gathering a bunch of attention from the other other three. Um, and you want to try to pickpocket one of them while they're. I do, but pause because the cat just stole my D twenty, so I need to go <laughs> get that back. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I, it knocked off on the ground. As soon as it started click clacking around, he was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna swap that out of the room." <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, yes, 
drunk dwarves, I would like to uh, fucking slide a hand those guys. All right, yeah, roll a slide a hand check. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, 20. Okay. Not a natural 20, but a 20. Uh, okay, yeah, that's good enough. Uh, you see that they're pretty busy watching this other drunk dwarf who's telling jokes and stuff, and you reach into their pockets and you end up grabbing... Uh, he, only, he only has a couple gold pieces on him. So you, so you grab three gold pieces out of his pockets, uh, which is enough to buy to buy three beers. So you guys walk up to the bar, and... Um, well, you walk up to the bar, and the bartender pours you these three drinks... And uh, Durf, you th- toss the gold pieces onto the bar. Um, and the bartender who, uh, says, um, he says, uh, you guys look new around here. Uh, I'm, I'm Carl with a K. Talk about bar. Durf. Pleasure to meet you. Welcome to the Whetstone Inn. How can I help you? Uh, you know, just got into town. I'm kind of wondering, like, what happened here? Like, Kind of looks uh, not like it used to. What What do you mean? Have you been here before? Uh, I haven't been here before, but from what I hear, it used to be kind of a nice place. Um, looks a little dingy, kind of like a tornado hit the town or something. Oh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, we used to be a, we used to be a huge... Why am I talking in Eugene's voice? <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm terrible at this. Uh, they were talking to Eugene. Yeah. Oh, well, let me, let me introduce myself first. My name's Barty Half-Squat. I own the Whetstone Inn. Our, our town used to be a booming industrial town, um, thanks to a, a Blackrock mine. It's a magical mine that's near, near the town. Um, it was a source of a bunch of precious gems and minerals, uh, and we were able to sell it for, for quite a profit. Our economy... Was was really up up in the uh, up in the clouds. Are the mines still active or open or? Oh no 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 no. Uh, yeah, years ago. I'm sorry. I don't I don't really like to talk about this. Uh, years ago, the mine um held an incredible amount of magical ore and and gems and minerals and stuff. Um, but but about thirty years ago, strange things started happening down there. Miners would get sick or go mad, uh, rambling on about the machines and stone coming to life, attacking anyone who didn't believe them, e- even their own families. A daughter, oh, God damn, <laughs> I keep on like falling into this New York accent. Um, a, a daughter of the Lord of Hammer's Reach got cut up in one of the miners' episodes, and he immediately ordered a complete shutdown. The mine was buried under an avalanche of stone from the veg. Thanks, Obama. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, where's that? Where's the entrance to the mine? If we say we wanted to go check it out. Oh, I I suppose. Uh, We've been trying to open it up for years, but the stone won't budge. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's outside of town a couple miles to the east. Interesting. So, I mean, is that, is that where we want to go? I mean, you guys can kind of talk that Seem out. To make, I mean, it seems to make sense to me. Okay. But how, how are we going to get in if they sealed it off? Good. We just have to, hope, we just have to travel point. out there and hope that there's a way for us to enter. 
So it's covered. The entrance is covered in like rocks, like loose stones. Oh yeah, or, from the veg. Yeah. The veg. Yeah, the Lord of Hammers Reach just blew the entrance up, and and the rocks fell, and we haven't been able to open up since. Is there anything outside the mine? Outside the mine? Uh, yeah, no, like around it. Not just the path that leads from Hammers Reach to the mine. Should we? We we've been we've been trying to open up this mine for years, um, and uh, you know with no luck. So basically, our economy now is we work on uh, well the miners, of course. I'm I'm a barkeep, but the miners work work on smaller mines around the area. Uh, they collect bronze and iron, you know, basic stuff just to keep us up and running. All right, let's head to the mine, see, investigate, see what we can find. It's only right. a couple miles. Okay. Yeah. I'm All with right. that. Yeah, so he points out to you kind of how to get to these mines. And you head out of the bar. And um, as you're walking down the street, uh, down, why don't you do a, do a, what's your all's passive perception? Mine's 12. 12? 15. 15. What's yours, Carl? 12. 10 plus 12. your dex. 12. Your wisdom, sorry. Um, 12. Okay, so... Durf. Wait, ten plus wisdom? Why do I have fifteen and not ten? Do plus, I get an extra? It's ten plus your perception, basically, not your wisdom. Oh, okay. Uh, then I have fifteen. Okay, I was correct. Okay, so Durf, um, I think that's right, but we'll go with it. So you're walking down the street, and you actually hear uh, off to the left this this uh, this noise, and it says uh, it goes, psst, psst, hey, hey, over here. What was that? I look around. You turn, um, and from the alleyway, alleyway, uh, this head peeks around the corner, um, and it is this very small gnome, uh, and he's wearing uh, these big goggles over his head, kind of like uh, artificer's goggles, um, and he's got this big spiky, like messy, uh, blonde hair, and he says, Psst, I, I, I overheard you guys talking to Barty. You guys trying to get into Blackrock? Yes. Okay, listen. I, I might know how to do it. Come with me. Okay. Yeah. You want to follow him? Yeah. Uh, let's do that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We, we literally taken. lost our entire village and followed some random lady, so I think a gnome trying to get us in a place we want to go probably seems pretty fair. <laughs> okay. <Yep>. All right, <laughs> sweet. Good. Um, so you follow this uh, gnome, and as you follow him down the alley, you see kind of more of what, what he's got going on. He's got this big brown leather jacket, um, these light tan khaki pants. He wears these like fingerless gloves, old dirty boots, and he's just kind of covered in, in dirt and, and um, like smoke residue and stuff. Uh, and he takes you in and out of these alleyways um, and takes you to a small little hut uh, on the other side of town and he walks you through the front door and you immediately uh, smell like the I don't know how I explain the smell like grease and the 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 smell of machines and metal Um, and you look around and his house is just full of tables that are covered in machine parts and he says okay sorry my my name's Hamlet Um, can I get you guys a drink yeah absolutely (laughs) okay uh, he goes into his kitchen and like has to move a bunch of plates out of the way. And he pulls some cups out uh, from a shelf. And um, he says, you, you guys like tea? 
Uh, I was hoping for some beer, but... Oh, uh, oh, beer. Uh, Yeah, I think I got some. And he he looks down, and he's got this little small dusty cask that he blows off a bunch of dust um, and pops it open and pours you guys some some ale, some fine ale and some teacups. Um, and he said, and from the back room, back of his room, uh, flies this little robotic, uh, owl, like just made of machine parts. And he comes flying and he's kind of like, uh, fluttering and struggling to fly. And he comes and he sits on the table. Um, and he says, uh, he says, sup. And, <laughs> and he like goes, Oh, Oh, say hello, Jeeves. He, he's one of my inventions. Pretty cool, huh? Listen, listen. I've been working for years to find a way to get through to that mine. I, I overheard you guys talking to Barty. Uh, are you trying to get in the mine, too? Yeah, dude. Yes. Great. Okay. Well, l- let me show you something. And he leads you outside of his house through a side door um, that opens up into this really large uh, garage, basically. And you see this huge heap of cloth in the center of the room that's that's covering something big and bulky. Um, and he, he flings the cloth off and reveals this large, uh, almost looks like a tank, and it's covered in, like, tubes and metal casings and these big, big black wheels. Um, and in front of the machine, you see a bunch of large drilling discs, uh, mostly bent and broken and just, like, a heap of metal in the front. And he goes... Uh, he says, beautiful, isn't she? Yeah, totally, yeah. man. Really nice. <laughs> Lovely. We've tried dozens of times to try to drill through to Blackrock Mine. There's got to be some really valuable stuff in there. But none of the metal we have available in Hammer's Reach is strong enough to create a drill bit that'll, that'll break through. There's only one thing I haven't tried. Galaxium ore. Th- there's, there's just a small problem. Galaxium is only found in two places one of which is the mine we're trying to enter. I can see how that's a good What's the other place? Well, the, the other, that's a problem too. The other is in, in the highest peaks of the Veg, but the highest peaks in the Veg are said to be home to the Frost Giants. I know an easy way up to the peaks, but there's no way I can take on a Frost Giant alone, and no one around here is worth a damn anymore. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Let's find a different way in, fellas. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I saw I saw you three at the Whetstone Inn, and I I thought you looked like pretty badass dudes. I think you could take them. I appreciate yeah, vote of confidence. We did we did get a bunch of fancy new gear, so I'm willing to entertain the option if you guys are down. I think uh, Listen, we I'm, should go fight giants. I'm pretty. Um, can you tap because this is a democracy? Can you tap into Eugene and see what he thinks? Sure. Or we can sure. get some dynamite, strap it to Eugene, and then have him climb into the rubble and try and blow it up that way. Also a strong play, to be fair. That's a strong e- play. Eugene objects. He just told me. He objects to that. It doesn't hey. matter. <laughs> hey, what's what's going on? Eugene pops up from out of your pocket and, and climbs up your shoulder. He's like, he's like hey, what's, what are you guys talking about? Eugene, do you like uh, spelunking? <laughs> what the fuck is spelunking? Spelunking? Is that some kind of sexual position? Uh, maybe only when you're alone with Durf. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess we're going to go find some frost giants. Yeah, okay. Well, Eugene, are you down to fight frost giants? 
Uh, Carl wants to kill you, too. I mean, I've never seen a frost giant before, but uh, I guess I'm with you. All right. That sounds like a yes vote. Um, Frost giants, singular or plural? That seems important. Uh, okay, so Hamlet says, uh, I, I, I think giants. Uh, um, I've never I've never personally seen them, but um, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of them up there. Yeah. Are they cool? Well, yeah, they're frost giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're super chill. <laughs> no, they're fucking giants. Uh... They're probably not very nice. But listen, if we want to get in the mine... This is this is probably the only chance we have. Let's go fucking do it. Listen, I only need a few ounces of this galaxium. I, I can infuse it with some other metal, and I can make a new drill bit that might just get us through. Yeah, so can we take more than just a couple ounces? Because it sounds pretty valuable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I don't have to pickpocket dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we can try. We are broke AF right now. <laughs> Maybe we should try and just sh- fill our pockets with that stuff. Yep. <laughs> I'm throwing okay, it out it. there. I don't know. Okay, Sorry. sweet. He's like, I've, I've got something for that. I've got something for Galaxium. And he walks over to a shelf and kind of um, shuffles through a, a few different items. And he pulls this small um, robotic bug out. And it's got like a funnel that, that is coming out of its mouth. Um, and he says, I, I call this the extractor. It turns any metal to liquid. Uh, we'll be able to suck out a few ounces of galaxium ore s- uh, from stone with this baby. Yeah. Okay. Mega just turned from suck to blow. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys want to go up? Go up the veg? Yep, yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. This is Joe, your Dungeon Master speaking. Uh, hope you're enjoying our episode four of You Meet in a Tavern, um, the f- first arc of many in this adventure. Um, we'll get to more action-packed stuff in the second part, but first I want to do a podcast promo pause. Um, this is where we shout out to a few podcasts in the RPG fantasy scene that we really like, um, and hopefully you'll like them too. So here we go. First one. Calling all fantasy fans and audio drama lovers, the once and future nerd might be your next great binge listen. When three teenagers from modern day Pennsylvania find themselves trapped in a war-torn high fantasy world, they must learn to survive and undertake a quest to restore a foul-mouthed bastard rogue of a princess to the throne and save the world from the encroaching forces of chaos. The story is lovingly realized with sound effects, music, and an award-winning cast of actors. Here the saga reviewers have called a bloody masterpiece. An awesome adventure with plenty of LGBT representation and badass female characters. Very funny, very fantasy, and happens to deeply understand the world in which it was created. Find the once and future nerd wherever you find podcasts. 
Our next podcast we want to promote is called Grindcore RPG. Uh, this is a podcast covering RPGs in a book club style format. Uh, join our hosts, Nick and Cameron, as they do deep dive into a wide variety of RPGs, old and new. Be sure to check out their latest game, Deuce X. Deus Ex? Deus Ex. I don't know why I said Deuce. Or other games they've covered in the past, such as Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VII, and Super Mario RPG. I love that one, and I love their episodes on that. Uh, Grindcore RPG can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Details can be found at facebook.com slash RPG. Check it out. All right, last one to really get your Google fingers working out. Uh, we want to promo a podcast called The Good Friends of Jackson Elias. Uh, this is a regular podcast about Call of Cthulhu, horror films, and horror gaming in general. The hosts, Paul, Matt, and Scott, are freelance writers who worked on Call of Cthulhu's 7th edition and a variety of other games. They use the podcast to talk about horror RPGs, films, and stories that excite them, always looking for ways of using these sources as inspiration for your own games. This is a really cool group of guys that are into the horror genre. Uh, if you're into that too, uh, we really uh, hope that you check them out. Plus, they have British accents, which is awesome. So if you like hearing Englishmen talk to each other, uh, definitely check them out. The Good Friends of Jackson Elias. All right, that's the that's all the promos we had for other podcasts going on. Uh, if you like to keep up with us, we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at YMIA Tavern. Um, we are on all sorts of different podcast apps, but you probably know that already because you're listening right now. Uh, but anyway, since you're listening, do us a favor real quick and we'll wait. We'll let you pause the podcast. Uh, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Good or bad, doesn't matter. Just hopefully good. But, you know, you might say something bad, whatever. But a review is a review and we learn from it and uh, it's great. So leave us a review on iTunes now. Okay, great. Now that you're back, episode five uh, will be up on iTunes on the, this is going out on the 13th, so it's going to be the 27th of March, I believe. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. And yeah. Oh, the music is playing me out. Gotta go. Peace out. Hamlet decks you out in this um, pretty sweet, like, cold-weather gear. There's a cute little montage that goes on with you getting fitted. Um, and you guys are all, all decked out and nice and cozy warm. And you follow him and his little map, and you climb up the, the vague mountains. Um, and you approach this area that Hamlin points out. And you guys are pretty close to the top at this point. Um, and as you come up this, now as you go up the mountain, it gets colder and colder and all around you now is kind of like snow and ice. It turns from the base of the mountain that's pretty warm um, all the way up towards the top that, that is, uh, is cold and icy. So you climb up this ridge and you come across uh, a, an opening in, in the cave. And it's at the top of this pretty big steep uh, staircase that goes up and the opening is actually kind of small um, 
And at the base of this, this staircase, you see a 20-foot-tall muscular frost giant. And he has blue skin uh, and these two large white horns that are coming up above his head. Um, he's wearing basic clothes like rags, no, no real um, thick armor. And he's actually, from what you can see, he's, he's unarmed. Um, and he, he, he's sitting at the base of this, this staircase. Hello. <laughs> you just want to walk up and say sup? Yeah. He's just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, Tug does not follow. <laughs> So Durf Durf goes up to say hi, and Tug grabs his uh, eagle cloak and just yanks him back down. Okay, so we're not saying hi. No, what do we? Not. We got to get past him, right? Can we sneak around him? Maybe we should send Eugene in to try and distract him and see if he'll chase Eugene away and out of our path. Interesting. And then we could just pass by him. Interesting. Eugene, how do you feel about that? Hey, how do, how do I feel about what? I, don't, I can't understand that guy. Okay. How would you feel about distracting that giant so we can creep by? That, you mean that guy? That guy over there? Yeah, yep, I gotta be that's honest. I gotta be honest. Uh, that's, that sounds like a really shitty thing you're asking me to do. Well, so do you want to do it? No. No, I do not. <laughs> That is a very large thing I see there. <laughs> You're little. You can creep around some rocks. You can hide under stuff. You'll get away from him. I mean, fuck, I guess. But you got to promise me some, like, rat babes, cheese or something. <laughs> we'll get you some hookers in the next town. Okay. Well, well before he <laughs> decides to do this, <laughs> you, you're going to have to roll a d20. Ah, rat babes. Seventeen. Shit. Ah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh fine. Whatever. You're 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 just within fifty feet of this guy over this ridge, so he's not going to be able to sneak in the cave, but he's going to be able to at least like walk up to him. Well, yeah, so, and draw him away while we stealth by. Oh, okay. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So Eugene says, God damn it. I don't know about this, but I guess. All right. I'll die. I'll do it. I'll do it. And he crawls down. He's like, wait, wait, what do you, what exactly do you want me to do? I would like you. Okay. So we're on a path, right? Right. Oh, and there's yes, like sort of right. loose rocks on either side of us. Like uh, on a mountain path. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mostly everything's covered in snow, but yeah, you see some, you see some rocks. So yeah, we just want you to get the giant's attention and then draw him off to the left or right at your pleasure. And then we're going to creep in the fucking cave and you shake him and meet us in the cave. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, okay, that sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. And he crawls down your shoulder and down your pant leg and starts running towards this giant. Um, and uh, he runs through the snow and he squeaks. He's squeaking as a giant. Little squeaky noises. Because he can't uh-huh. talk to the giant. Giant doesn't understand rat sound. And um, <laughs> rat talk. And the giant actually spots him. He, he sees him. And and you just hear like... 
and he stands up and you see um, you see Eugene run off to the left and the giant follows him and follows him and he's running after him and then all of a sudden the giant gets yanked back by the ankle and falls flat on his face. By what? Oh shit, is he uh, chained? Yeah, you see yeah, this... Whatever, he's down, let's run. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You want to do that? Run into the cave. Uh... Okay, so let me explain the scene a little bit. There's like a big staircase directly behind where he was sitting uh, that goes about 50 feet up to the entrance. Um, And he only ran from the spot where he was maybe about 10 or 15 feet. So he's on the ground, right? I'm nimble as shit, though, so I'm going for it. Tug makes a run for the bottom of this stairwell. Um, So this is about 50 feet from you. And um, let's see, how do we want to resolve this? Let's say that you make a you make a sprint at the base of the, so you're gonna try to climb up the stairwell and just go into the opening. Okay. All right, just roll just roll a normal Dex D twenty. Okay. Uh, that is a champion's thirteen. All right, so you you sprint up to this uh, this staircase. Um, and before you actually reach the staircase, the giant is able to see you. Um, and he gets up uh, and sees you, sees you as you're running and reaches over and grabs you by the back of the neck and holds you up. And you get a look at his face. Um, and he actually looks kind of sad. He, he doesn't look angry. And, and he just says, um, what are you doing? <laughs> see, this is why I tried to talk to him before. He's a nice giant. So that's a direct question to me. So I'm going to say, um, try, trying to unchain you, my, my dude. You are? Absolutely. How are you going to do that? I'm going to find where your chain goes, and I'm going to undo that. Well, that that would be great. I've I've never had anybody get this close before. My name's Walter. Who are you? <laughs> Tug Mug Bar, the trellis bar back in the land. Well, it's a, it's damn good to meet you, Tug Mug Bar. Are you guys still, uh, Carl and uh, Durf? You guys still hiding out? No, I'll I'll walk now that uh, now that he seems like he's not fucking with us. I'll, I'll walk up and uh, check out the chain. Okay, I'm gonna approach with more caution. I'm going to um, I'm gonna unsheath Chillrind. Okay, get ready just right. in case. Cool, cool. So Walter puts Tug down, and he says, are these your friends? Absolutely. My bestest friends. I'm their leader. They only listen to me. They have to do everything (laughs) I say. So who are you guys? Durf. I'm Carl. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. And he, like, holds out one finger for you to shake. I shake his finger. All right. Carl doesn't. No, it's, it smells kind of funky. <laughs> no, at least hit it with a bones or something. You bones no. it? No, I'm good. I'm good. Well, you know, that, can't that's... just can't just foster a relationship with a. Okay. So, so Walt, how long, Walter? How long have you been chained up here? Do you know? Oh gosh, I lost count after the first couple days. I was taken from my family, and now I sit out here scaring people away. Who put you here? 
who put me here? Oh, it's the those bands of kobolds that live in the in the cave up there. Bands of what? Kobolds. You know what a kobold is? No, enlighten yeah. me. They're sure. like Come tiny on, lizard things. I don't know. Those, those are the people we're going to see. Can we just oh. pass by Walter? Is that okay? They're expecting Wait, us. You're friends with the kobolds? Absolutely. No, we're not. Nope. No, we're Absolutely not. Carl not. was mistaken. <laughs> Nope. Uh, I, I'm friends with them. If you're friends with the cobbles, why are you trying to start wrong. shit with the giant, Carl? <laughs> listen, why are you trying to Walter, start shit? Walter, you know that they listen to me, Tug Mugbar, the trillest <laughs> bar back in the land. Okay? He's lying. He's trying to be funny right now. That's just not going to fly. Okay? We've got a meeting. It's pressing. We're trying to do work. We're trying to set you free. Can you help us out one time? Yeah. I'm going to check out the chain. Okay. Can I check out the chain. DM. Do do uh, an, an investigation check. All right. Twelve. Uh, okay. Fucking this right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this thing is clamped against his ankle pretty good. Uh, it's real thick chain. Um, and where's it attached? It's attached uh, about uh, maybe thirty feet back towards the mountain. Um, like just a, like bolted into the side of the mountain. Can I pull it out? I assume not. Uh, I'm going to try to pull it out. This giant has said. not been able to, so probably... You, okay, roll a strength check. <laughs> 11. Nope. Okay. So, you, you yank um, at it, but nothing happens. What do you guys think? Oh, Hamlet's with you too, by the way. So, he introduces oh, okay. himself as well. I forgot. So, Hamlet, you have any um, suggestions on how we can bypass Walter? Hey, he's kind of standing next to you, just mouth agape, staring up at this thing. And he's like, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I thought these guys were mean. Hey, wait, do you have any, like, dynamite we could blast the fucking stake with? Uh, blast it out of the side of the mountain? Oh, wait a second. As a matter of fact... And he reaches um, behind him to this pack that he brought up, and he pulls out a glass jar. Uh, it's like a mason jar. And he reaches in, and he pulls out this, almost looks like jello in his hand. He pulls out one thing, and it's this blob of gel, um, and it's got a little black disc in the middle. And he says, now, now guys, we're probably going to want to stand back. Okay. I stand back. Okay. <laughs> and he um, stands back, and you guys all kind of come back uh, about 20 feet, and he chucks this thing at the wall uh, next to the, the bolt, and it explodes with this huge, loud, loud crash. Um, and the the bolt that was, the bolts that were uh, attached to this chain that were attached to this mountain come flying free, um, and the 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 chain just shatters, and now Walter's free. Hey, how about that, Walter? Oh man! You did it, buddy. You high guys, five. you guys are the best. He high fives you, and he breaks your arm. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, oh, you guys are the best. I can go find my family now. Thanks a bunch. Um, we just freed you. What are your thoughts on accompanying us to our visit to the Kobolds? Uh, maybe you can get a little, uh, personal revenge and we can work together to achieve both of our goals. What do you think? 
Well, he points up to the entrance of the cave that's above the staircase, and he says, Listen, man, there's no way I'm fitting inside that thing. I tell you what, I'll still pretend like I'm standing guard here, and if any come running, I'll smash them real good. Fuck yeah. Delio, let's do Fuck that. Fuck those slave owners. Let's go in the cave. Okay. You guys want to go in the cave? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so after freeing Walter, he kind of stands back um, and and sits there, and you guys get about halfway up this staircase to the cave. Tug, I need you to make uh, a dexterity saving throw. How about Tug and Carl both make dexterity saving throws? Nineteen. Okay. Mine is a gentleman's eleven. Wow. <laughs> The monk gets an 11? What'd you roll? A six. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, so these small stones uh, come flying at you too. And Carl puts his shield up at the very last moment. It kind of bounces off his shield. Uh, but Tug, you're going to get hit with... You're going to get hit with a solid five points of damage as it kind of collides with, your, with the side of your head. Ooh, fuck that. And how uh, many points? Five. Five. What's your total HP? Uh, now it's sixteen because we leveled okay. up. Okay. Okay. And I want you all to roll initiative. Natural twenty. Nice. And you get advantage. You want to roll at another twenty? <laughs> yeah. Oh. A one. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep the twenty. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Uh, good <laughs> crit. Both ways. Uh, all right, Tug? Nine. Okay. Literally worst monk ever. <laughs> That's with your decks. And then uh, Carl? Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, so um, to both sides of the entrance, probably about 30 feet up from where you guys are, like halfway up this staircase, um, there are these two cave openings, and inside each, there is a cobbled, um, and these things are like three foot, uh, I'm sorry, they're like, yeah, they're like three foot tall, um, like these dark red lizard creatures, and they're both holding slings, um, and Durf, you get to go first. So, are they outside? They're on a platform that kind of partly reaches outside. So, uh, so they're not, uh, are they, they're not within, uh, the reach of Walter? Uh, no. So think well, as, like, if you were to walk up the staircase, you'd go to the main entrance, and then there are, like, these two lookouts on either side of the mountain above you, um, that were pointed down towards the staircase. Well, I mean, uh, and I guess I'll, um, I'll use, a uh, fairy fire. Okay, what does that do? Uh, each object in a 20-foot cube within range is outlined in violet light. Uh, let's go green light. I get to pick. Okay. Um, and any creature in the area where the spell is cast is outlined in light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. Um, for the duration, they shed light. And also, any attack roll against an affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it. Okay. So do you want to cast this on the cobbled to the left or to the right? Well, are they close to each other? 
How close are they to each other? There are two separate platforms on either side of the entrance. So they're like 50 feet away from each other in different caves. Oh, fuck. All right. I guess I'll do the one on the left. Okay. So you cast, I've got to make a deck save. Yeah. Against your spell casting. So 13 still. Uh, yes. It's eight plus your wisdom plus your proficiency. So yeah, 13. All right. I rolled an 18. All right. So that doesn't work. Yeah, cobble to the left, dodges out of the way of this spell that blasts against the cave wall behind him. And Carl, you're up. And they just have like uh, slingshots, kind of? Yeah, like big, long, uh, almost like socks that they've been throwing these rocks at you. I'm going uh, to pull out my shield and kind of use my shield. Uh, to defend myself from one side while I kind of sprint up the steps. That way, only the other one really has a clear shot at me. Okay, cool. What, what's make your sprint for the entrance? Okay, what's your speed? It's thirty. Okay, so you managed to get to the entrance. So now you are shielded, um, and actually, from the entrance, neither of them can see you. So you're you're solid. Uh, okay, up next is the. Um, cobble that was attacked by you, Durf, and he's going to load his sling up again and, and toss it right at you. And he rolls a, a 20, 18 plus 2, a 20. That's going to hit, yep. Okay, and then he's going to do a total of 4 bludgeoning damage as this thing collides with the your side. Okay. Tug. Um, I'm going to uh, move in and assist our featherweight friend, Derp, and attack the last kobold that just put a hit in on him. So climbing up the cliff to attack this with a melee attack would take an acrobatics roll to climb up the rock face, essentially. And you'd have to have a speed. So you have a speed of 35, so that would work. So the speed would work. I just have to pass the acrobatics check. First. Right, right. Okay, so I'll do that now. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Roll a d20. Acrobatics. Eleven. Good lord. I'm horrible. <laughs> you need some new dice. Um, you try to scramble up this mountain, and you your right hand goes up and actually uh, slips on a rock, and you fall back down towards the staircase. Uh, but you only manage to get up about maybe eight feet, so you don't take any damage. Uh, up next is the cobbled uh, on the right. And he's going to see you do this and fire another slingshot um, at you. Uh, he rolls a 12. That does not hit. All right. So as he throws this rock at you, um, as you're climbing up the rock face, uh, you fall down and the rock kind of hits against the side of the cliff where, where you were before. But uh, you don't take any damage. Um, up next is Hamlet, who is going to just cower um, and run up to where Carl is and hide behind his shield. Uh, Durf. Um, I, I, I don't see a good strategy at this point, so I'm just going to run and join Carl where they can't see us or attack us. Okay. All right, so you run up to where Carl is. You kind of hide behind him as well. Um, so only person in range now is Tug. Carl, you're up. I'm going to stand pat and just be like, hey, Tug, come on. Okay. What's around us? Like we're in a doorway? You are in a cave entrance. So this is 
uh, only about five feet tall, so you're kind of crouching, um, and you see through the entrance a tunnel um, that branches off to the right and to the left and straight. So it kind of comes to a four-way intersection, um, and you, but you're at the top of the staircase in, in this entrance. Got it. So Carl is just going to yell out to Tug and say, get your ass up here. Yeah. Okay, Cobbled, uh, that is above Tug, is now going to... Um, actually, this, this Cobbled sees you guys both run to the entrance um, and turns around and sprints uh, out or back in the cave that, where he was standing on the platform. He goes in, far into the cave, um, and it's Tug's turn. Um, yeah, I guess I'll try and track Star over to uh, where my compatriots are. All right, so you run, you run up, and now all three of you and Hamlet are standing in the entrance. And um, the second cobble, it's his turn, and he's going to do the same thing as the first. You can't see this, but he runs straight back towards the cave. Um, and, yeah, Durf. I guess, um... I will cautiously walk further into the cave. I assume those guys are going to come, I mean, get us. But so I'm going to stroll a little deeper, see what happens. All right. You come to the intersection, or? Actually, actually, no. You know what? I'm going to use Shillelagh. I'm going to use my thing that makes my staff uh, spellcasting instead of strength. Okay. So that expands a Oh, that's cantrip. Okay. One of two. Yeah, you cast Shillelagh, and your staff glows, and now you can use your spellcasting modifier. Uh, Carl, you're up. So we're out of combat, right? Uh, you're still in turn-based combat, yes. You just can't see them at the moment. Uh, I guess I'm going to turn and kind of face the, the three tunnels. I want to light a torch just to get better lighting maybe farther down those tunnels. Okay, cool. Okay, so up next what happens is the cobble that went down the left tunnel uh, is going to come out and just charge, come out from the left entrance and charge at you, Carl, since you're in front with the shield. And he's going to attack you with his little, uh, like, broken dagger. 16? Does not hit. Does not hit. Okay, so he swings this dagger at your shield, and it... Hits it with a crack um, and fails to do damage. Tug. Um, I'm going to step up to the kobold that just attacked Carl with a K and uh, try and beat him up fist style. All right. You got your fist um, wraps of the bull? Yep. I'm actually going to expend one of my two key points uh, to do flurry of blows. Sweet. So go ahead and hit with your first. Well, why don't you hit with your first and then see what happens and then decide. Because Flurry of Blows is... Is that how that works? Flurry of Blows is a bonus action. So you take your attack action first and then you can choose to use Flurry of Blows or not. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay, awesome. Um, I will do that then. Okay. So my first hit was a natural 19, so (laughs) 24. Wow, dope. All right, you hit. You're going to hit him. Um, And then... Uh, since that's strong, I'm going to just use my regular bonus action, not expend a point of key, and just do my secondary attack. Well, do a damage. Which, do damage with your first attack first. Okay. 
Um, so we'll do like attack roll damage, attack roll damage kind of thing. So damage on the fir- on the right hook was nine. Okay. So, so I, rolled, I rolled a six plus three. Okay. Yep. You you give this guy a real strong right hook, um, right to the side of his head, and he goes down. Oh well, that's pretty excellent. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Up next is the cobble that ran through the other tunnel. And he runs to this intersection and sees you standing over his buddy's body. And he's going to come straight at you with his dagger. And he rolls a 10. Do I get to roll disadvantage? You can. You can oh, use protection. I would assume he's, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you need it with a 10, but yeah, sure. Oh, I got to roll again. That's right. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. The other one was a 20, so that's good. Um, so, yeah, he comes out with your dagger. Tug, and you see him at the last minute and kind of swat his hand away before he can do any damage. And it is now Hamlet, and Hamlet is, again, just kind of cowering, uh, pretty scared of what's going on, and Durf, you're up. So there's a guy. He's in front of me. I'm going to bash him. Okay, with your bash, shield? Bash with your uh, with staff? With my, with my staff. One. A natu- that's not gonna connect. A natural one. A natural one. <laughs> well, then you add your wisdom, but that doesn't matter because you miss automatically. So you wildly swing your staff at this thing, um, and you actually hit hit tug in the back <laughs> back of the head. And the fuck, dude. Go ahead and do hashtag it. healer. <laughs> go ahead and do damage because it's a one. It's a one. It's punishment. Okay, so I roll a d8, right? Yep, that's my thing. <laughs> Uh, where's that? Where'd that? Well, hold on. What do you add to your D8 out of curiosity? Three. Cool. So if you roll an eight, you kill me. <laughs> Wait, Carl, do you want to use protection now? I got to do that, I guess. <laughs> so you see Derv just swinging wildly with his staff, and you're like, oh, shit. And you put up your shield. So, Derv, you got to roll twice and take the and lowest I take number. the lower one? Yeah. Okay. One, again, nice. <laughs> and two. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> hey, hey, good looking out, Derp. <laughs> Those are just rolls without your you're not adding anything. Oh yeah, that's right. true. So so four. Okay. Either way, uh yeah, your staff clinks against uh Carl's shield and Tug is protected. Um <laughs> Carl, you're up. I'm gonna try and bash this guy with my shield in his face. Okay, so that's uh what damage does your shield do? We'll just say it's like one D four. That's what I mean. That's kind of Plus what I was thinking. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So roll, roll an attack. Roll, uh, roll an 18. Okay. That'll hit. Uh, five. Okay. Yeah. So you bash this dude in the face and his, his face caves in and he falls over dead as well. So yeah. what, what a fight. Nice work. You're Luckily out of initiative. Spiders. <laughs> yeah. That was way better than the spiders. Is that the first time you've done damage, Carl? Yes, it is. Very proud of myself right now. Nice work. All right, so around you are two dead cobbles. Um, there's a tunnel that leads off to the left, tunnel that leads off to the right, and then a really long tunnel that, that goes straight ahead. I think we should go straight ahead. We like The left and the right is where they came from, so those probably just lead out to those platforms. Let's go take the middle tunnel. Okay. Dang. Sound good? Yep. Yeah. All right. So you travel down. You guys go quite a ways deep into this mountain. Um, and this is just a, like a real small uh, dirt tunnel. Um, so you guys are going to have to almost crouch the. Well, Tug, you don't have to. You're just fine and dandy. 
but the other two, you guys have to crouch, um, and you probably walk about, about, I don't know, 100 feet down this main tunnel, um, and Durf, you've got the highest passive perception. As you guys walk far down this tunnel, you hear the sound of voices, um, and you hear the sound of water, and you guys are maybe 10 feet from the end of this tunnel that uh, opens up into a larger room. So I would like to stealth up to the larger room, try and take a look around without being noticed. Okay. I'm with that. I'm going to well. put out my torch before we advance. Nice. Okay, Carl, you, you put your torch out, put it back in your bag. Um, and you guys come up to the top of this. You stealthily, well, why don't you roll stealth checks, I guess. This should, yeah. 23. All right. So, Durf, since you called it out first, let's say you guys um, stealthily make your way through the edge of this tunnel um, and you find yourself in the upper level of a pretty sizable cavern. Um, and you guys are closer to the ceiling on the second level. And the ceiling is covered in these big, thick stalactites. I think they're stalactites. That's from the ceiling. And there are staircases on either side of this level, uh, to your left and to your right, a couple feet away, that lead down on either side, uh, down into this big, wide, rugged stone floor below. On the opposite wall from where you entered, um, this is maybe about 50 feet in front of you, uh, is this tall cavern wall where this long waterfall spans the height of both the first and the second level that you're on. And it falls into a wide stone pool basin um, of water, and you can still you can see steam rise from the water. Um, and you see you guys are hiding behind some like big boulders that are standing there. And you look down, and you see in this pool a stocky orc creature. Um, and in front of him, and he he's sitting in this steamy pool. And in front of him, there are uh, four different mobs. Of, of two kobolds each. And there, there's a couple that are playing like this dice game. Uh, there's some that are sitting at tables eating food. There's a couple arguing. Uh, basically, there's like a flurry of activity going on down there, but um, they're separated into like four different groups. In, in a room that's how big? Uh, the room is probably 50 feet on each side, the first level. Uh, your second level, you're like on a 20-foot landing and with staircases leading down to the first level from both sides. And again, there's like stalagmites on the ceiling and then the waterfall on the end. Stalactites. Hmm. Was there anything uh, any of you guys could do to bash those stalactites down and kill all those guys without us having to fight them all? I literally hit with my fists, so no. We could. There's only one staircase leading up to our landing, right? So we could, you could just attack them with your little magics from up here, and then we force them all to come up the stairs. We're not going to have to fight them all at once. That's true. Uh, Hamlet speaks up, because he's with you too. (laughs) He's behind Carl. And he says, He's like, no, 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 that's stupid, don't do that. (laughs) He's like, guys, there's there's eight of them. He's whispering this. He's like, guys, there's there's eight of them. This is, this is. This doesn't look good for us. I, I've got an idea. And he pulls out the same jar that he had from before. And he points up to the stalactites. Um, and he says, Durf, I think this might work. And he... Do it. Do it. Like he said, 
close enough to where somebody could throw it and it hit the ceiling? Yeah, yeah, they're within throwing range for sure. So I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna take that from Hamlet and throw it at the ceiling and try and hit this delag. Okay. Bites. So Bites. Hamlet pulls out the Keep jars. Top. That's how you remember. You would be making a ranged attack on the stalagmites. So yeah. they this Bites. is a 50-foot wide room. So the furthest stalactite that is like above the orc is 50 feet away. We could just throw them at the, the actual orc and bubbles and then not... Yeah, yeah. With the I suppose so, yeah. I think I we think should we probably... Should I'm guessing the orc is legit, so we probably yeah. want to take him down first. And then it's... try and try and get a couple of those little uh, cadres of dudes. I think we should just throw them all at the orc and then hope that it also takes out some of the other dudes. Are they close enough for that to work, Joe? Um, maybe. You could try it. How do, how do they work? Do you, you want to ask Hamlet? Yeah, Hamlet. Yeah, let's do that. Are they like a fuse? Uh, no, 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 no. You, you push the black disc in the center, and you've got about five seconds before it explodes. So you got to be accurate. So we can't, like, lay a trap with them. I, I was thinking we could, we could blow up the orc and then, and then uh, booby trap the stairs. For Carl takes one, pushes the black button, and heaves it at the orc. Let's roll. Okay. I like it. So make a um, make an attack roll with your dexterity because it's a ranged attack. Well, okay. Uh, that is not going to do it. So you toss this thing at the orc, um, and it you overshoot it a little bit, and it kind of lands. Um, it sticks to the cavern above him, um, and it explodes. And there's some debris. There's definitely some rock debris. But he sees this happening after this loud noise. And he's going to make a dexterity saving throw to try to dodge the, the stones that are kind of falling from from uh, above. Uh, he rolled a... He rolled a 15, which just does it. So he actually ends up dodging out of the way of this these boulders that come splash down into, into the pool that he was sitting in. And now everyone in the room is is alert to you guys and they look straight up and the orc uh, looks up and he says, and he points at you and everyone, all the kobolds around run and grab some weapons. And why don't we roll initiative? Yeah. Here we go. 16. 20. Nice. Oh, Durf, roll twice. Nine. Okay. 16. Tug. Seven. Seven. Oh, did you say that already? No, I just said it now because I'm depressed because I'm the literally the worst monk of all time. <laughs> uh, Carl, you are up first. So there are a horde of cobbles, um, two, they're kind of like in pairs, backing up each other. Um, there are four sets of them on, on the floor level. Uh, you are about 30 feet above them on uh, the second platform, and the orc is just has just hopped out of the pool. Um, basically, like he's got a bare chest. Uh, he wears this set of wet rags. As he leaves the pool, he reaches over from a nearby table and picks up this huge uh, butcher knife. Nice. 
could draw, uh, draw children, get my shield, and uh, charge down the stairs. Okay, so right? with that, you're able to reach like one uh, pair of cobbles. All right, I'm going to uh, going to swing to take off one of their heads. I guess the right one. Okay, sounds good. Roll a d20. Okay. That's not good. <laughs> not bad. A five. Oh, yeah, you miss. So this thing dodges from your reach, and um, you swing and, and, and total miss. Um, up next are the kobolds, actually, that just attacked you, and they're going to attack together. Um, they have pack tactics. So when they're next to each other, they have advantage on attack roll against you. Um, so one of them is going to attack, not both of them, but one of them is going to attack, but he's going to roll with advantage. Uh, that is a 13 and a 21. So he hits, yeah. hits you with the 21. And his dagger uh, gets you pretty good in the arm for four damage. Dang. That's a lot. Yep. Okay, Durf. I guess I will uh, entangle the orc. Okay, sweet. So I have to... uh, Which means he has to roll... A strength saving throw. Okay, that is a six. So nice. So how do you want to do this? So the ground around him moves up. We'll say some ratty little uh, kind of scrabbly mountain plants come <laughs> okay. up. Okay, cave and cave um, vines. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so and now on all of his moves, he has to make he can make he can use his action to make a strength saving throw. Um, and if he fails, he stays stuck. Okay, awesome. Um, nice. Okay, so he's stuck. And it is now uh, the cobbles that are off to the right. They're going to run up the staircase, um, and they're going to attack you, Durf, um, since you just kind of stood there at the top. And one of them is going to attack you and have advantage. So that's a 14 and a 10. Wow. So nope. four, 14, neither of them attacks. Okay, so he, he, uh, he swings at you and misses. And um, it is now the orc's turn. And as he's entangled, he screams at you and he says, Zerg will crush you! Okay, so he's not a nice orc. <laughs> uh, good perception there. confirm, not nice orc. And he has to beat a 13 again, strength. Okay, he rolls a nine. So as he um, kind of pushes up against these these cave plants that are entangling him, he is unable to break free. Tug. Yeah, crush these nuts, buddy. So how many total do we have going on here that are in combat right now? Yeah, there are two cobbles down the steps fighting Carl. There are two cobbles that ran up that are near you that attacked Durf. Um, there's Zerg, who is right outside the pool, down on the first level, and then there are four other cobbles that are down uh, in the first um, level, kind of huddled together in the center of the room with weapons drawn. All right, well, I'm going to uh, go on and assist Derp then um, okay. and see if we can uh, walk through these fucking losers and do something here. So, uh, first attack is a 13. That'll hit. Okay. Uh, and you want me to do damage before I roll again, right? Yeah. 
Because you can so choose to seven. attack someone. To, okay, so yeah, you you crush this thing um, in in the side, and you actually push it over the ledge on the second level, and it falls to the ground and it's dead. Yeah. So I'm going to use uh, seeing that I'm going to use a uh, point of uh, key, and I'm going to do flurry of blows so I can double strike the other one on dirt. Okay. So Sweet. first attack. First attack on that is a 12. Uh, yep, that'll just hit. And then the second one is a 14. So first one is 8, second one is 8. So yeah. 16 to that one. You you actually kill this thing with your first strike, um, but your fists are just so fast you punch a corpse um, <laughs> with your second one. And this guy That's also a- flies off the, the side of the cavern. That's the name of my metal band. What? Punch a corpse? Punch a corpse. <laughs> okay, uh, sweet. So you took care of both of those dudes. God damn. Durf, I give him a wink in the gun. <laughs> I wink and gun back. All right, up next is um, the is Hamlet, actually. And what Hamlet does is he takes out uh, the jar again and grabs one of these... Um, grabs one of the gel bombs and he pushes the center of it and throws it up to a stalagmite that's nearby. Um, and you hear this explosion of stone and all these like pebbles come flying off this thing. And the stalagmite falls to the ground, uh, crushing the four cobbles that were getting their weapons in the center of the room. Um, and as this thing explodes, rocks kind of crumble from inside of it all across the the bottom of the room and you see spots of this dark black ore come from these stalactites um and they're kind of glistening with these white sparkles uh inside of them and it is carl's turn so there's two directly in front of me how far away is the ore guy uh about around 20 feet but, but you're, in, you're in combat with the two, the two that are in front cobbled. of me. So if you were, you could disengage. But if you were to like run towards him, they would both get reaction attacks on you. Yeah, I'm just going to attack the same one that I missed on the first time. Uh, swing chill rand at him again. Okay. Hope I get luck. All right. Thirteen. Yeah, that'll hit. Ten. Total. <sighs> yeah, this you strike out with chill rend. Um, and you gash him, uh, you actually, where do you want to hit him? Uh, you can kill him any way you want. I'll hey, let you. The neck. Literally, you I want to take off his head. Okay, you take off his head, and then his body freezes. Yeah, oh, okay. Nice. And his nice. head turns into an ice cube and shatters on the floor. So, frozen, headless body, shattered head. A strong play. Right. A strong play. Um, and up next is his buddy who's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, but he's going to attack you anyway. But he doesn't get an advantage anymore because his buddy's dead. And he only rolls an eight. These guys suck. Uh, so he strikes out at you with your dagger, with his dagger, and you raise your shield up. He's unable to do anything. Durf. So, so the, the radius of the room at the bottom is, um, well, the, it's, you said it's like 50 by 50? Yeah. Room? Yeah. So if I use my spirit bond, uh, which is an aura with a 30-foot radius, I would it would cover the entire room? 
I think math math wise that works. Yep. Um, and actually, what I, I'm actually going to cast the uh, wolf spirit bond, um, and the way that works, um, so it's it's main effect is not going to be very useful. Uh, we gain advantage on ability checks to detect creatures, which is stupid. But um, if I cast a healing spell, mm -hmm. um, every ally within the aura also regains hit points equal to my druid level. Okay. So you want to do that? You don't have to roll anything, right? You just do it. Um, correct. And also, that's a bonus mm -hmm. spell. Or that's a bonus action. So for my regular action... Kirk, how much HP do you have? Whoa. Uh, now I have 11. So that's a um, bonus action? What is it called? It's my fucking circle. Oh, Spirit okay. bonds. Sweet. All right. Um, and so I will use um, Cure Wounds. Uh, yeah, regains a number of hit points equal to 1d8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. All right. Roll it. So it's a 6 plus 3? Question mark? Yeah. That's your wisdom. So nine, I, I heal Kirk for nine. All right, you touch him on the shoulder, and he gets healed. And Does that is, mean I go into temporary hit points? Like, do I have net positive temporary hit points? No, you only go up to your max. Okay. If you lost less than nine. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Zerg's turn. He's going to try to break free from these, these mountain plants. Uh, okay, he rolls an 18. That'll do it. But that's his action, correct? All right, so in his rage, uh, he slashes at these plants with his butcher's knife. And he's like, and he's free. Nice. Oh, hey, by the way, I, I, I didn't say this, but in case anybody didn't do it, everybody else gains plus two health as well within the aura. So oh. I, I will regain as well as Carl will also regain two health points. Okay, hit points. sweet. All right, Tug. Um, I am going to bound down the steps, uh, after Carl with the K and, um, if I can reach him, I'm going to try and resolve the last cobalt that is on him. Yep. You can reach. Yep. You're good. I will do that. Uh, first attack, natural 19. I'm assuming that hits. Yeah. And For then sure. not, and then for nine. Then nine damage yeah yep. okay yeah you you kill him you you smash his face in he's dead cobbles are yeah, weak all right uh carl door guy's free i'm gonna charge him and try and just come down with the overhands and smash his skull okay i'm gonna use my divine smite ability oh damn all right let's do this Oh, that'll hit, my boy. All right. Uh, 2d8 for a first level spell slot. So three. So do I add the 2d8s to my... Yeah, you do normal slashing. So yeah, 3d8. Yeah. The 3d8s plus a d4. Correct. Do I, I add my strength modifier to all of the 3 To the total. To the total. To the total, okay. So 3d8, 1d4... Add your strength. That's your attack. Badass. 25. Shit. Okay, you come with Chill Rand, and you lift it over your head with the fury. And you you miss his head, unfortunately, but you take a real, real hard-ass gash through his shoulder. 
Um, and he yells out this scream. is like, Aah! and he is super pissed and super hurt, but still super alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not good. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's up now? Durf. Durf? Oh, yeah, I guess it is me. What happens if I throw a dagger? You might like hit him. the dagger? Well, you can go get it. Yeah, you, we're not going to lose daggers. Okay. Unless you throw uh, it down a well. Yeah, I'll throw, my, I'll throw my fucking dagger. All right, attack roll. Add your dex. Uh, 20. Yeah, that'll hit. Damn. And so I do 1d4 piercing. Plus dex. 8. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, you strike out with this dagger, and it gets him in the other shoulder. Uh, and he lets out another scream, like, ah, God, you guys fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it is his turn. He is not entangled. So he is going to strike. And he's going to strike <laughs> right at you, Carl, since you're in front. Uh, and he will roll a. Oh, fuck, a 22. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that'll hit uh and he's gonna do hang on he's That's gonna do <laughs> he's gonna do 14 damage he's gonna strike at you with this cleaver Shit, and right past your shield just cleave this long um strike right across your chest and you kind of gush blood a little bit. Dang, he's tough. Tug. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to go up on this fucking guy uh, and try and do some work here. Um, so I'm going to go up to the monster that just cleaved uh, good old Carl with a K in half and lay in a lay in, lay in a punch to his shins or whatever I can reach. Okay. Uh, 17. Yeah, that'll, that'll hit. That'll barely hit. That'll barely hit? Oh, dear God. Uh, four damage. Hell of a time to roll the one. You rolled a, a one plus, okay. Yeah, you hit him in the shin, and he's like, oof, and it hurts him. Um, and he kind of keels over a little bit, so he, he's not, uh, he's not feeling great. And he takes four damage. Um... So I'm going to use my other point of key in my bonus action mm-hmm. to use patient defense, which means I dodge next turn. Immediate, like automatically, or I think what it does is it gives him disadvantage when he okay. attacks me. If he attacks you, okay, got it. Um, all right, Carl. So I have only expended one spell slot, correct? I still have another spell slot, so technically I yeah. can combine might again. You can. Yep. I'm at three life. We're going for it. Let's okay. do it. All right. 17. That, yep, barely hits. And how are you attacking? Again, overhand or what? No, I'm going to come in from the side and try and take out like a, a leg or something. Okay. An ankle, try and throw All him right. off balance. Uh, 15. Yeah, okay. So you take Chill Ren. That's with your cold damage and everything? Yes. Okay, you take Chill Ren and you smash him across the leg. And with, like, hot knife through butter, you chop both of his legs off, and he falls straight down and lets out one last... and falls forward, and his face smashes against the ground, and he is a dead dude. Yeah! We did it. 
Dang. Started from the bottom, now we're here. And Hamlet's like, ah, oh, yeah, we, we did it, guys. Nice work. Well, let's, let's find that plumidium uh, ore or whatever we're looking for here. Durf is still at the top of the stairs. Um, you and Hamlet run down the stairs, and Hamlet says, guys, I, I, think, I think this is it. He points to the broken st- pieces of the stalactite on the ground, um, and he pulls out the the extractor, the little robot, um, and he starts it up, and it uh, crawls over to a little piece of this ore, and he sucks this black liquid out of this ore, and it goes into a tank in his belly, and it fills up, um, and Hamlet says, okay, this is perfect. Let's get out of here. Wait, so did you just take the exact amount we need? Because I want to start filling my... Uh, pockets with valuable rocks <laughs> yeah okay i'm gonna grab a bunch of fucking rocks okay and i recommend you guys do the same okay so derf everyone grabs there's there's only a few other pieces of this black ore so each of you grab like one small piece that's left okay we're gonna stop okay <laughs> Listen, I know you didn't stop in the middle of the podcast to leave us a review on iTunes. Do it now.